So I wonder if you can think about a moment or experience that you have had that has led you to pray the deepest, most earnest, honest, and personal prayer you have ever prayed. I'm sure that each of us can come up with a moment or two, maybe even more as we think over our lives, where we can remember pouring out our hearts to God with deep, deep longing. November 9th, 2009, was a day that held some of those prayers for me. That was the day my nephew, Ian, my sister's firstborn, was born. And he was born with an undiagnosed heart defect. We didn't know what was happening or what would happen. I was eight hours away and just felt completely helpless and literally all I could do when I got the news was to pray. It was a scary and complicated few days and weeks for our family, but after a successful heart surgery, several weeks in the ICU, and tremendous care at a children's hospital, Ian went home. And this last week we celebrated his 12th birthday. We have all had these moments. And as I look around and I see your faces, I know and can think of prayers we have prayed as you have waited for or tried to figure out how to respond to a diagnosis. I can think of prayers we have prayed over those we love who are facing death. We have prayed together over job decisions and school decisions, over finance and housing stresses. We have prayed for and about babies. And that's how our story starts today, a woman praying for a child. The woman was Hannah, and she was married to a man, Elkanah. Elkanah was also married to another woman, Panina. Now, there is a lot about biblical, especially Old Testament marriage practices and laws that are a mystery to us. But we don't have to know or understand them all to get that if one man is married to two women, there's going to be some difficult dynamics in that household. <laughs> to make matters worse, the other wife, Panina, was able to have children, and Hannah was barren. And in that time, in that culture, having a child, and especially having a son, really mattered and, was, and offered security and stability um, for women. That was all they could offer and have. So then adding insult to injury, Panina openly mocked and demeaned Hannah because of her infertility. Well, at least Hannah had a husband who loved her, right? 1 Samuel 1 tells us Elkanah truly did love Hannah. It says when he sacrificed, Elkanah would give a double portion to Hannah because he loved her. But it also tells 
when faced with her grief and longing over wanting a child. He doesn't hold her or comfort her. He doesn't listen and offer care. He essentially says, am I not enough for you? Aren't I worth more to you than 10 sons? Perhaps not the best way to offer compassion, Elkanah. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Hannah's longing for a child was deep and true. And one that is familiar even in this day and time. Many of us in this room have prayed for children. And some of us have had the children we so desperately wanted. And many of us have not. The prayers of one longing for a child are some of the deepest and most earnest prayers. And in 1 Samuel, which we didn't read, that's where we can find Hannah praying that prayer. She wasn't able to find a safe place at home to share her longing and to pour out her heart. Home wasn't a place where she felt fully known, seen, heard, or accepted. But at the temple she goes, and there she pours out her, her heart, praying with all that she has and all that she is. She is so overcome in her prayer that the priest who observed her comes over to check and make sure that she's okay. The depth and emotion of her prayers convinces him that she's drunk. But Hannah looks at the priest and says, I am a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard me as a worthless woman, for I have been praying out of my great anguish and grief. And with that, the priest sees her, offers her a blessing, and sends her away with peace. And not much later, Hannah has a son, the child for whom she prayed. Now, let me take a moment to say I wish it were always this easy. I wish every woman and man who has prayed and longed for a child, as Hannah did, would be able to have a child. It is impossible for me to tell the story and not acknowledge those in this room, watching online, and those in our families who have prayed and longed for a child and whose wombs and arms have remained empty. As one of your pastors, let me take a moment to let you know that I see you, I pray for you, and I am here for you if you need a place to share your longings, disappointments, fear, and pain. I also know there are many other longings that we carry deep in our hearts, unfulfilled hopes and dreams, things that we carry that bring us pain, things that are hard to know where and with whom we can share them. Hannah found a safe place with God, 
When no one else heard or understood her, she went to God. Her relationship with, the, with God was a place to share her deepest longings and her truest self. And as she prayed for a child, she promised God if she had a son, she would offer him back to God, that she would give him to God's service. So that meant after her son Samuel was born and weaned, she brought him back to the temple to be raised and trained by the priest Eli. Samuel would eventually become a judge and prophet and the one who would anoint Israel's first kings, including the great King David. The prayer we read just a moment ago is a prayer that Hannah offered after dropping Samuel off at the temple where he would be raised. It is an expression of her faith and trust in God. My heart exalts in the Lord. My strength is exalted in my God. There is no holy one like the Lord, no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. There are many things in this passage that are beautiful to me. It is beautiful to see and hear the faith of one of our ancestors. It is beautiful for me to hear the voice of a woman whose voices aren't often raised and heard in scripture due to the culture when our scripture was written. It was beautiful as I listened to Hannah's words to hear echoes of other women from scripture who also played significant roles in key moments in the history of the people of God. As I read Hannah's prayer, I thought back to Miriam leading a song after the Israelites escaped from Egypt. And I thought ahead to Mary's Magnificat. And as we are just two weeks from Advent, let's take just a minute to look at Hannah and Mary's prayers side by side. Hannah begins her prayer, My heart exalts in the Lord, my strength is exalted in my God. Mary begins hers, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. These women have a deep faith and love for God, and their prayers open with expressing that. As they continue on, Hannah uses in her prayer, um, Hannah describes that in God's kingdom, things are not as one would expect. The Lord makes the poor and makes rich. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. The lowly are lifted up. Mary also names the role reversals that happen in the kingdom of God, saying, God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. 
It is beautiful to hear Hannah and Mary's prayers in parallel and to hear them along with the voices of other women in scripture. Miriam, Hannah, and Mary each have something to say. Miriam, Hannah, and Mary each help welcome a new and important moment in the history of God's people. You see, the Exodus didn't begin with Moses, but with four women, two Egyptian midwives, Moses' mother, and his sister Miriam. Because of their faith and bravery, Moses became a great leader of the Israelites. Hannah prays for a child who would become the great prophet who ushers in the era of the king for the Israelites. This period didn't begin with David. It didn't begin with Saul. It didn't begin with Samuel, who helped anoint these kings. It began with Hannah and Hannah's prayer to God. And Mary. Mary's song is her response to God choosing her to be a part of God's greatest work the Incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us. These women are reminders that God works through everyone. Men, women, girls and boys, single, married, rich and poor, all matter and have value in God's kingdom. We may even be surprised at who God invites to the work of bringing God's kingdom. These women help me know that God hears, sees, and cares for each one of us. And I hope it has been true for you, as it has been for me, as it was for Hannah, that here, in God's house, you can be and bring your truest self our faith is built on relationship. Relationship with God and relationship with the people of God. This room where we gather to worship week after week, year after year, is called a sanctuary, a place of refuge and safety. In this place, we can long and belong. Last week, as we observed All Saints Sunday, Mac told us, if your tears are welcome anywhere, they're welcome here. In recent weeks, as Casey and Laura have reflected with our youth about the place of church in their lives, they came back to this place as a place centered on relationship, naming that the church gave them a place and a time to spend with God, and that church gave them deep, enduring relationships with the community of friends who accept them and who are helping form them into the unique, creative, beloved people of God that God has made them to be. 
So I hope this place is a safe place for you. But I know for some it may be hard. Some of you may be new here, new to our church or new to the church altogether, and are still figuring out how and if this works. And I know that there are some here who carry wounds and have been hurt by the church, disappointed by God or a faith community. But you are still here. And for all of you, I am so glad and grateful that you are here. To you, all of you, I invite you to give us a chance. I invite you to give God a chance. No matter who you are or where you find yourself to today, know that here with God's people and with God, your creator, you can be seen and known and you are deeply loved. I hope for each of you that this is not a place of longing where you are thinking about what is missing or hoping for more but i hope this is a place for longing where you can bring your hurts and hopes and where you can be your truest self may it be so <laughs>